Reverend Malachi, so you're like, last week you were talking about Paul, and to me, Paul is everything. He's like the founder of Christianity, almost as high as Jesus Christ. Could you please explain? I try to do my best. First of all, when a person says someone's as high as Jesus Christ, it's very interesting. Alright? But we have a problem here because even when we say the word Jesus Christ, we're using the wrong names. His name is Yahshua HaMashiach. And when we start using Roman and Greek names, something has happened. There was an infiltration. The reason why I pointed out is because you said Paul. Right? And if you go right to the Acts 13, verse 9, you're going to actually see where they use both names. But they'll give you his real name versus his fake name. And then I'm going to tell you why he has two names. Could someone read it, please? Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Hear that? Yes. Saul, who is also called Paul. Why is this happening to this man? Simply because he had two different parents. Mm -hmm. He had a Roman father, a Caucasian father, mm -hmm. and an Israelite mother, a Negro mother. Mm -hmm. He, in fact, was a mulatto. Mm -hmm. So what Paul really was trying to do is trying to bring his father's people mm -hmm. into the covenant of Israel. Because of Jesus' own statements, which we'll read later, about him only going to his own people, his own people. Do not go to the Gentiles. Paul, you'll find out when we get into this, actually opposed everything Jesus taught because he was trying to change it into a Roman doctrine. That's why the first church is the Roman Catholic Church. In Judaism, a name is very important. It's part of a ritual and a ceremony when a child reaches eight years old and they have something like a Semiah. A ceremony is given, everybody announces it, there was ceremony, there's characters there, there's a Kohen, there's priest, everybody's reading from the scripture, and they announce publicly this child's name. Right. Alright? If you go to the uh, book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 21, you're going to find about Jesus' own birth, right. right, and his own circumcision. That means Jesus was circumcised. You follow that? Yeah. And Jesus had this naming ceremony. Or this mikvah, as it's called in Hebrew, which later became known as the baptism, mm -hmm. right? When it translated again from the Jewish or the Hebraic language over into the Romans and the Greeks and the Latins. Read what it says. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So now how important is a name? Amen. Holy is thy name. Mm -hmm. So why would Saul say he's propagating Judaic teachings mm -hmm. and take on a name like Paul, which means a little thing or a small thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Whereas Saul meant desired, a thing to be desired. Alright, simply because we're dealing with a person, right, who was not practicing Judaic teachings. He was living amongst the Romans, Caucasians, as a Roman, and they were the oppressors of Israel at the time. And he was on his own mission to destroy the teachings of Jesus Christ, as they call him. And you're going to see that as we proceed how it begins to contradict itself. But we got to go back and see that the first church that was established was called the Roman Catholic Church. Romans actually took over Judaism. You may not know this, but the book of Romans is the book that the KKK uses in all their rituals. That's right. The Ku Klux Klan uses the book of Romans. Why? Because they know the history of their race of people. And they know that they got into Christianity by way of a Roman named Paul. Mm -hmm. And what's one of the first things they did? They set up what's called a Nicene Council. And one of the people they got out of the mix was Barnabas. 
whose name is Barnabas or Barnabas. They removed him out of it because he walked with Paul. And he had his own book called the Scriptures of Barnabas. They got rid of that like they got rid of the book of Enoch. You follow? Because in that book of Barnabas, he makes a claim about the comforter that we read about in John 14. John 18, 25, 26, all the way to 30, where the paraclesis is being used in the Greek or the Latin, which came from a word called Hamid or Ahmed. And it would clearly point out who this comforter that was coming with Jesus as a Holy Ghost. But remember, men are called the Holy Ghost also. They'll try to say, no, it wasn't a man with the Holy Ghost. It was a he, a he, a he, a he. But you'll find out who that comforter was. But there's a gospel called the Gospel of Barnabas. You realize you can actually go and buy the book? From Barnes and Nobles and go read it and you'll find out some very interesting things that they removed that book. How many other books were removed? Because people say that sounds fictitious, sounds crazy. Let's take a look at some books that were removed from the Bible that are in the Bible. But if you ask the minister where is this book, he can't tell you. Let's go to Numbers 21, 14 and let's find out about something there. It says here, wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord. Lord. Is that Adonai or Yahweh? Yahweh. See, the Lord. That's the same one who's supposed to deal the books to Moses. Mm -hmm. Whose book is it then? It's Yahweh's book. The Lord has a book of wars? Mm -hmm. What book of wars? You would have to mm -hmm. go back and read the Gilgamesh epics. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go back and read the Enumai Elish. The Sumerian tablets. And if you go back and read the Sumerian tablets, and those books are available in any bookstore. They were also translated from the cuneiform before the Bible. And yet a bookstore, a war of the gods, they call them. Wars that took place in heaven, which we only read about in Revelations when they say there was a war between Michael and his angelic host and the dragos or the dragon and their angelic host or Lucifer's people. And we get a story vaguely about the devil being cast out of heaven from causing a war in heaven. So if there was a war in heaven, then it was recorded somewhere. And this book here tells you, right here in the book of Numbers, that there's a whole book called the book of the wars of the Lord, where is it? Why has it disappeared? It's in the Bible, but they'll tell you they don't know. So how can we say that we're getting all the writings of the Lord, all the teachings of the Lord is in the Bible, and in the Bible is mention of a book that you don't have. Read it one more time, just so people look at it. This is the books of Numbers, which is originally of the five books of the Moses of Tanakh, the Torah. So ain't nothing added. These are written scriptures, they say. Go ahead, 21, verse 14. Wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, and what he did in the Red Sea and in the books of Arnon. In the books of the wars of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to another section. Let's go to Joshua. Mm -hmm. And let's see what it says in Joshua, chapter 10, verse 13. You with me? Mm -hmm. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. There's a book of Jasher. Mm -hmm. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? Mm -hmm. What book of Jasher? Go through the 66 books. Open your Bible right now, and go to the index, and see if you find a book of Jasher. Where is the book of Jasher? 
What was in the book of Jasher? Why was it taken out the Bible? What were they trying to hide from us? If you think that's something, you can go also to the books of St. John's, where Jesus says, Is it not written in your law? I said to your gods. St. John's chapter 10, verse 34. Watch what happens. Read it, somebody. Jesus answered them. Go ahead. Is it not written in your law? I said ye are gods. Who's Jesus talking to? Go back to 33. And you see, the first word is what? The Jews. He talks to the Jews. Mm -hmm. And he says what to them? Now go down to 34. Is it not written in your law? I said ye are gods. Right? If he call them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken. So he's telling them that there's a law in the same verse, now into 35, mm -hmm. there's a law, right? Mm -hmm. That law said y'all are gods. That mm -hmm. is in there. Mm -hmm. Same word used for God throughout the New Testament. No mm -hmm. new word. No capital G, no small g. Don't pull that because it's not there in the language. Maybe written in your English King James Version because they don't know how to answer this, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. Right? But then he goes on and asks if he called them gods, talking about the Jews, which is the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. You understand? He called the tribe of Judah God. Now, Jesus himself is calling these group of black Jews, mm -hmm. these Judahites, his people, his own descendants, because he's of the house of Judah, he called them gods. Mm -hmm. And he says it's in the law that they're called gods. Right? We'll touch on that. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be Broken. 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 Now the question is, mm -hmm. what law in what book calls them God? Mm -hmm. Now you can go back to Psalms 82.6. Let's see what happens there. I said, ye are gods, and all of ye, or all of you, are the children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God. Judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. So now, you can say, that's where he got it from. That's what he meant. But the book of Psalms is not the law. The book of Psalms is a book of songs that were sung by a group of priests. And they list the names of the priests who sung each song and who wrote each song before the actual chapter comes into play. So now the question goes back. Where's the book of Jasher? Where's the book of the Lord? And what book was Jesus quoting from when he said, Is it not written in your law? I said, You go. When you say the law, the word law back in the Greek is nomos. But they're taking it from the Hebrew Allah, from which they get the word Torah or Tanakh, which only includes the five books of Moses. Show us somewhere in the five books of Moses where it says, Ye are. Gods. Don't say it doesn't, because it does. And it's talking again to a Israelite Levitical priest, Moses, in Exodus chapter 7, verse 1. So there is a place in the law where a man is called God. But what else does it say is going to happen to people become God? They're going to inherit the earth.
all nations are going to bow before that race of people. And it's a known fact that Moses was a black man. How do I know? Because he was told in the Bible, look it up, stick his hand in his bosom and pull it out and it was leprous white. Now if his hand was already leprous white, mm -hmm. when he stuck it in his bosom and pulled it out and still been white, there would be nothing to see. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 4, verse 6, just to see if it's there. Ready? Mm -hmm. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, what? His hand was leprous as His snow. hand was leprous as snow. Mm -hmm. Did it mean spotted and sores? Mm -hmm. They meant his hand turned white. Mm -hmm. And Moses stuck his hand in his bosom and it came out white like snow, then Moses' complexion prior to that would have to be black. black. So the Levitical priests mm -hmm. now are Negroes. You follow that? Mm -hmm. And so are the tribe of Judah. That means the children of Israel, in fact, Abraham's seed, were Negroes. Mm -hmm. This is not racism. This is here. Mm -hmm. Moses' sister had the same experience. Turn to Numbers chapter 12, verse 10. Let's see. The Bible is remarkable if you really read it. You know? mm -hmm. I mean, I like what it says all the time. Mm -hmm. Because you may have this dominancy of making yourself feel superior by saying black is bad and white is good and all that psychological crap you've been using. But the Bible doesn't support that. The Bible mm -hmm. doesn't support racism. Mm -hmm. The Bible is very clear. Read it. Her name is Maddie. And the cloud departed from the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam came leprous, white she, as snow. Miriam became leprous. White as snow. Okay. And, and Aaron, Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. So here, Moses' sister and Moses' brother mm. are standing there. And she did the same thing. She stuck her hand in her bosom and pulled it out, and it was no longer brown or black, as some people call brown people. It was now white. And Moses did it. Mm -hmm. Now Moses was born in Egypt. And it don't take much but going to any museum, open up any book, and look at the pictures of the Egyptians, mm -hmm. and you can see that the Egyptians are Negroes. Mm -hmm. Nappy-haired, brown-skinned people. Mm -hmm. Some light-skinned, some dark-skinned, but still the same race, Negroes. Right. And Moses was there amongst them, mm -hmm. living amongst them. Mm -hmm. Now, you say that Joseph was amongst them and was raised to priesthood, or as a pharaoh would be, in Egypt, and that his brothers and his family came back down from the land of Canaan into Egypt, and they did not recognize Joseph, their own brother. You with me? Mm -hmm. They did not recognize Joseph, their own brother, who's now in Egypt in a Negro land, because it's called the land of Ham in your Bible. It's called the land of Cush in your Bible. It's called the land of Mizraim in your Bible. So the Egyptian was known to be Negroes, but not historically known to be Negroes only, factually known to be Negroes, because you can see the faces on the wall today. You understand that? Mm -hmm. So now if Joseph is an Israelite, and he smuggles his way into Egypt and can hide from his own brothers and sisters, let's do this. Let's just stop and think. Let's just suppose Joseph was a Caucasian. And Joseph was going to hide from his family in another country. Correct? Mm -hmm. Now, Joseph is a Roman. 
in Romans and Caucasians. Yeah. Is Joseph going to go into Nigeria and hide? No. Why couldn't Joseph hide in Nigeria? Because he would have been white in Nigeria. And what? Be obvious, huh? Yes. Could he go hide in Ethiopia? No. Could he hide in Sudan? No. Could he hide in ancient Egypt? No. No, because that is Sudan. That's right. And Sudan means Negro mm -hmm. or blacks. So Joseph couldn't be hiding in Egypt. That's right. Now that's going to sound funny because they sent Jesus away from an Edomite called Herod who wanted to kill him. And they sent him into Egypt to hide the child. Mm -hmm. Now if Jesus was a little Caucasian baby, could he have hidden in Egypt? No, you with me? Mm -hmm. These are things that sound like racism if you are a racist and you've had this white supremacy in your mind, I sound like a bad person to you. But if you are a scholar and you go to the Bible because you say you want to accept what it says word for word of the word of God, then you ain't having a racial problem. If you're upset about the fact that the Bible's revealing what color Jesus is and what color Moses was and what color his sister Marion was and what color Joseph was and how they blended in with the Egyptians well it's very simple why they blended in with the Egyptians all you got to go to is Genesis chapter 10 and read the family of Noah and you'll find out when you get the name Mitzrayim which is the word they use for Egypt those are the same sons as Cush and Ham and Japheth and all the other families so why would their complexion change all of a sudden? What would be the immediate change in a race of people that you see on the walls of Samaria, all up and down Persia with that behind dark skin, all over Egypt with dark skin and woolly hair, pictures everywhere? What would be a change? The only change would be the invasion of another group of people, like the Hyksos, or the Romans, or other whites who may have come into Egypt and married or sojourned there for a while, and then left and left some mulatto children. Another thing, if I start saying that the Romans or Caucasians came down into Egypt and there they planted mulatto children and left, which is why you see a lot of mulatto looking people in the walls of Egypt. And you may say that's not true. Oh yeah, well let's look at Julius Caesar and Marcus Antonius. Both of them were Romans and they were lovers of each other's. But they both saw the beauty of Cleopatra and fell in love. In fact, that is another one of the Roman tricks. They give you the name Cleopatra. Her name is Ninhira. And she was a Negro. Not mixed, not mixed blood like they try to teach you. But there's records, there's pictures of her carvings proving she was a Negro. But these two Romans, these Caucasians, fell madly in love with her and turned Rome over to her. That's how they feel about black women. Back to my point. You with me? Paul is a product of such an incident. And Paul is a product of the people who went out their way to destroy the truth about the Bible. And the truth about Jesus and who he was and who he came for. And what race he belonged to. He belonged to a group of people called Romans who set out at the Nicaea in 623 to hide these other books that we just read about that are in the Bible but you don't have in your church. And your preacher can't tell you where they are, but I just read them to you right here. Now you ask him, where are they? And how do we know the message we need are not in those books? We talk about Haramageddon, which they mistakenly spell as Armageddon. Revelation right? 16. A battle on the mountain area of Har in Magetto. A war, wouldn't we need the book of the war of the Lord to know how to fight that war? That's right. How are we going to fight these demons? 
that are coming in human form, passing themselves off as human beings, yeah. but they're not the blood of God and not the seed of God. They're human devils walking amongst us every day with smiles on their face, shaking our hands, eating with us, serving us, paying us, praying with us, helping us build churches. And then the devil see, as you'll find clear in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that every time Eve had a baby, the devil's wife had a baby also, a seed is ill. You with me? I say to you today, Paul is one of those devils whose job it was to destroy the teachings of Jesus Christ. Just by using the name Jesus Christ, I'm helping them propagate their doctrine. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus was a Hebrew. And if you can learn how to say Jesus, you can learn how to say Yeshua. Mm -hmm. If you can learn how to say Christ or Christos, you can learn how to say Mashiach mm -hmm. or Messiah. They literally tell you in the book of St. John chapter 1, verse 41, it says he first finds his own brother Simon. And said unto him, somebody read the next part. We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Why? If we found him as Hebrew Messiah, why are we interpreting him as a Christ? Why are we changing his name? Mm -hmm. When Jesus said what about the law? Not one jot, no. nor one tittle, shall be changed or removed. The Lord should not change. He said, I did not come to change the law, but to fulfill it. Who changed it from Messiah, the Hebrew, Messiah, over to Christ? And what was their motives? Their motives were to direct your prayer away. To direct the spirit away from the path to God. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father but by me. See? John 14. So long as we call on him by the wrong name. And in this sermon, if I don't use Jesus, you won't know who I'm talking about. If I don't use Christ, you won't know who I'm talking about. If I use the real name, oh, they must be some fanatical, crazy cult. That's a psychological tactic that the devil uses to keep you in his beliefs. Keep you in his system of things. Anybody that comes along is a little smarter than the average Reverend or preacher who may have studied the language, all the Hawaiians, they must be some kind of crazy cult. They must be a suicide cult. Those suicide cults were basic Christian. Jim Jones was a Caucasian Christian. Evans Gate people, Caucasian Christian. David Koesh, Caucasian Christians. Jacques Jurek from France, Caucasian Christian. These people were led. By the false doctrine of the devil. You understand? Jesus didn't even know what the name Christian was. And who was responsible for that? Paul. When did he do it? And where did he do it? He did it in Antioch. If you don't believe me, turn to Acts 11, 26. And let's see when Paul and them first introduced the very sound Christian into the doctrine. Which was a Hebraic teaching for Hebraic people only. No Goyans, no Gentiles. Read it. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Who were they talking about? Barnabas. Read the whole chapter and you'll see that the disciples of Yeshua was now being called Christians in Antioch, another country. And who was there? Paul and Barnabas. Paul created Christianity, a new religion. 
to deviate from the laws of God. Paul fabricated his own philosophy because he was a Roman with a Roman father. And according to Israel, you are what your father are, not what your mother is by blood. And that's why you read in Genesis, the first chapter, you don't have no women mentioned. Everything is men. Man, what man is the king? There's no book of queens in here. It's all about Samuel. The only time they give a woman anything is Esther. And in the book of Esther, you go look in the book of Esther right now and read it. You won't find the name God anywhere in it. The book of the Bible with no name of God in it. And who did that? Who put a book in there about a woman in a God's book, but God's not mentioning it? These are all plots and plans and schemes to get people away from the real teachers. We're going to us whether or not Paul is a disciple or a deceiver. As a Roman, as a Caucasian who came into a land where it was all Negroes, descendants from Egypt, because they descended from the sons of Mizraim, the sons of Cush, Ethiopia, the sons of Ham, Sudan, and Muslim, the sons of, and then if they say foot, we're talking about Libya. You may not talk about who you see there now, like Gaddafi. Those Arab invaders. Mm -hmm. I'm saying we're talking about the original dark-skinned people, which is on the walls in Libya, which is on the walls in Tunisia, which is on the walls of Morocco, which is on the walls of Algeria, which is on the walls of Sudan, which is on the walls of Egypt, which is on the walls of Ethiopia. And on the walls of the Mesopotamia, on the walls of Babylon, on the walls of Akkad, on the walls of Shinar, all of those people will show you pictures of Negroes over there on the walls thousands of years ago. The Iraqians were Negroes. They don't want you to know that. They'll call this class racism. I'm the one who said no one wins the race in racism. You launched out all that racism. You tried to make Negroes feel inferior. You went into Africa and kidnapped some of them. You brain deadened them by teaching them your image that white is right and dark is bad. You taught that stuff. You didn't teach the truth. And the truth is going to come. And you're going to have to face the truth. That no one wins the race in racism. It doesn't make no difference how angry you get. It's still the truth. And it's still going to be spoken. It's going to get out. Paul is a deceiver. Let's get deeper into Paul. We'll find out. And he's going to teach you a lesson about himself that you may not even believe after we finish this sermon today. You may not even believe it. Right? Paul's father was a Roman. His father was a Caucasian and his mother was of the tribe of Judah. She was a Negro. You got that? Now, that's the reason why he was trying to teach his own people. That's why he was trying to get the Gentiles in when Jesus and them wouldn't teach Gentiles or the Canaanite people that they were called back then. He wouldn't teach those people, but they were trying to get in, all right? Let's look at the fact first that Paul's mother, as a Negro and Israelite, had a commandment or an order by Father Abraham, a Chaldean Syrian Negro, Right? And you look at it in Genesis 24, 3. Uh And what does it read? And I will make thee swear by the Lord Jehovah, the God of the heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. Abraham made his son swear not to marry the Canaanites. Mm -hmm. Now I told y'all, if you read the book of Leviticus chapter 14, 33, tells you about Moses them going back into the land of Canaan. 
which God is going to give them as a possession. What does he say about that? He put a what? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When ye be come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in the house of the land. So the people of Canaan mm -hmm. have a plague of leprosy, a curse on them. Mm -hmm. Now you look at Genesis 9.25, and you'll find again, you'll find out when that old curse of leprosy was done, way back in North time, in fact. Go ahead, where's that? What does it say? And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Mm -hmm. You with me? Mm -hmm. Now let's find out some of the things about these Canaanites that Paul's family line comes from. Let's look in Leviticus again. But we just got out of Leviticus chapter 14, verse 33, that tells you when they went into the land of Canaan, mm -hmm. and that God had put a plague of leprosy into Canaan. And then we went back to Genesis chapter 9, 25. And it talks you about when the curse was put on the seed of Canaan. Not on the seed of Ham. It tells you when it was put on him. Alright? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Leviticus what? 1332. Go ahead. What does it say? And in the seventh day the priest shall look on the plague. And behold, if the scowl spread not, and there be in it no yellow hair, and the scowl be not in sight deeper than the skin. What about it? He shall be shaven. But the what did you hear in there that stood out? The yellow, yellow hair. What is yellow hair? There ain't no Negroes walking around with yellow hair unless they're bleaching it. That's right. That's true. Ain't one race Scandinavians have yellow hair. That's right. That's a Caucasian trait. Yeah. Now read it again. And in the seventh day the priest shall look on the plague, and behold, if the scowl spread not, and there be in it no yellow hair, and mm -hmm. the scowl not be in sight deeper than the skin. This is the plague of leprosy. Yeah. Is it an old plague or a new plague? Read Leviticus chapter 13, verse 11 to find out. It is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. This is old leprosy. Back to Genesis 9:25, mm -hmm. an old disease right. of the seed of Canaan mm -hmm. and his eleven sons. Mm -hmm. You follow? 9:25, and he said, "Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall it be unto his brother." Mm -hmm. He also mentions Canaan also before he's born in Genesis 9:18. It says, "And the sons of Noah." that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. And Ham is the father of Canaan. Why is that pointed out? Because they knew that that was going to be the cursed seed. And Ham himself, a black man, is going to father Canaan, a white man, a new race. So the people that Paul is related to, right, committed abominations and inherited a curse because of it. You follow? And it tells you as you read Leviticus what they look like. Describes them, may sound like racism, but it's right there in the Bible. It speaks of Moses' hand turning white with leprosy, his sister's hand turning white with leprosy, and it has other sections of it. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul was trying to bring this group of people amongst the Israelites and give them a new doctrine. He even got the audacity to name books in the Bible after his own people, calling the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you follow? Let's see some of the things Paul did, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, by changing from Hebrew to Paul, then he's changing the Bible over from Hebrew, Yahshua, mm -hmm. to Jesus, which is nothing but a derivative of the Roman god Zeus or Jesus. You see that? He took the word synagogues out and they put in the word churches. Mm -hmm. If all that Jesus said, They'll be casting you out of the synagogues. Jesus taught 
in the synagogue. They got something new. Churches. Slowly but surely, they weave out the original teachings. Alright, now, the Bible says, Do not mow the corners of your bed. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 27. Tells men that follow the law that they wear beards. The corners of their bed. There don't be no big baggy bed like the mothers do. Keep the trimming on the corners of your bed. That's the law. Leviticus means law. Anybody want to read it? Leviticus 19:27. Ye shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. You follow that? Mm -hmm. What about the kupa or yamaka, as the Yiddish say, or the kupa, the head covering? People are going into the churches now, men, with their head uncovered. Don't tell me Paul said you can go to church uncovered. Of course Paul going to say he's a Roman. Mm -hmm. What about men tracking the dirt from the streets off the road into their churches? They go in their churches with their shoes on. Mm -hmm. They stand in prayer and Jesus fell on his face and prayed. Mm -hmm. He prostrated, but they stand up. Yes. You follow that? Mm -hmm. Jesus kept what? Pesach, Passover, Rosh Hashanah, mm -hmm. Yom Kippur. And the Shabbat. And kept it holy as found in Genesis chapter 2. A law when it said hallowed. The Lord hallowed that day. And that's 17 minutes before sunset on Friday. Until 17 minutes the sunset on Saturday. With the hella bread and all. The wine and all. A ritual that, that the God of the Bible established for you. If you're really his people. And don't say those people over there in Israel are people. Because they're not. Those are Khazars. Mm -hmm. There are two different groups over there. They call them Sephardim and uh, Ashkenazians. Mm -hmm. One is from Spain and the other ones come from Khazars way up in Russia. Mm -hmm. They spread all over Europe. Those are not the original Jews. And they know it. They ain't trying to hide it. They'll say, I'm a Polish Jew. I'm a Russian Jew. I'm a this Jew. They know they're not a real tribe of Judah, which are in Ethiopia. You with me? What happened to those laws and those tenets that was the law of the Lord? Paul and people like him destroyed them. And I'm going to show you as you're walking today, you can go me anywhere and get mad as you want. Truth is truth. Let's set the record straight. Let's look at some of the things Paul did versus some of the things that Jesus did. First, let's start with Paul's very lie about how he met Jesus Christ. Because he wasn't one of his disciples, he didn't meet him in person, he never talked to him, and Jesus never even heard the word Christian. Mm -hmm. As I showed you earlier from Acts 11.26, that was something given to them by another group of people. Jesus died and resurrected as a Israelite. He didn't call on God from the cross, according to us, in the Bible, he didn't say God, he said, Eli, Eli, lemas abethani, he spoke in his language, not Greek. Not Latin. He called on the God Eli. Why are you not using Eli in the churches? Matthew 27, 46, that is, sister. Why are you not using the name of God? Just like they took away the name of God, Eli, which is a symbol of Elohim, they also took away the name Yahshua and gave you Jesus. Took out the word Elohim and gave you Theos or God. They've been replacing God's kingdom with the devil's teachings. So now let's go and see about Paul and the meeting of Jesus on the road to Damascus as he said, which is not true. This is Acts 9, 4. And he fell to the earth 
and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? You hear that? Mm -hmm. Now listen. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Alright? They heard a voice. Akoa. Fone, a voice. Mm -hmm. But they did not see anybody. Medice, the Greek word in music. Now look at Acts 22 9. Mm -hmm. And they that were with him saw indeed the light. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. And were afraid. But they heard not the voice of him that. Now there was no man. So now they didn't hear the voice of him. So now there was a man. <laughs> now let's go again. 26, 13 of Acts. And when we all fall into the ground, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? You see that? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? Which means he already knew. And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. Here's another little catch in there. Hebrew. Why is Paul, who's supposed to be a Hebrew, saying that Jesus is speaking to him in the Hebrew language. So Jesus is already resurrected in the spirit. And speaking from a spirit in Hebrew, why are you still using God, the English word? Why are you still using Jesus? Why are you still using un-Hebrew words when you can take the time to learn these simple words? You can start saying Eli in your prayer today. Why are you not doing that? Why are you persecuting Jesus? Why are you helping Paul to persecute Jesus? Why are you helping to change the law? To alter the teachings of Abraham and break the covenant and not keep the Sabbath and go against the commandments and start eating pork. Why are you letting Paul and why are you aiding Paul in his persecution of Jesus' teachings? That's just the contradiction right there. He ain't met nobody on no roadside. He made that story up and can't even be consistent. That's right. Now let's look at some of the things where Paul said one thing and Jesus said another. Alright? One thing is Jesus tells him, do not teach Gentiles. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law, the Torah, Till all be fulfilled. Nothing should pass from the Lord. No changes. No alterations. Not a jot, not a tittle. That means not a dot, nor a vowel. Mm -hmm. From the Hebrew language, Jesus was speaking from heaven, remember? Mm -hmm. But let's see what happens. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 6. This is Jesus talking. Go not, right, mm -hmm. into the way of the Gentiles, the Goyim, as they say in Hebrew. And into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not. Don't go teach the Gentiles. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep of the house of Israel is none other than Judah. Why? Because back in the time of King David. When the two families had to split. Adonijah the oldest son. Versus Solomon. Adonijah the tribe of Judah. Moved south and set up Judea. And Solomon stayed up north and set up Jerusalem. So the lost tribe 
of the house of Israel became the tribe of Adonijah, which you don't even hear about much, who went south. And Jesus was from that. And down on it, south meant down into Ethiopia, the original seed. You follow? Jesus said, don't teach the Gentiles. Don't teach the Romans. Don't teach nobody but my seed, the Lord sheep of the house of Israel. Let's see if Paul agrees with that. Paul, in his Roman book for Romans, Romans chapter 2, verse 14, reads, go ahead, read it. But when the Gentile which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. He just said the Gentiles, if they emulate the Israelite law, act like they're Jews, act like they're fallen teachers, they are the law. That's not what Jesus said. He made up his own teachings and you're following him. You're helping him to persecute Jesus. Persecute the synagogue actually and persecute the law of God or the law of Yahweh. Let's see what Matthew 15, 24 says. But he answered and said unto them, this is Jesus again, what? I am not Sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house. He told of people who he came for. He said, I only came for the lost sheep of Israel, only for the tribe of Judah. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm here for. That's how I was sent. He didn't come on his own. He said, I was sent. Somebody sent me on a mission to gather some people, a lost people, not the people of Solomon up there in Jerusalem. That's why Jesus and John the Baptist lived outside of Jerusalem in the Jordan area among the Essenes. And had their own little teachings to try to keep the scriptures. Because they knew the people in Jerusalem had intermingled all races and all groups of people. And the whole doctrine had changed. And the Essenes tried to preserve it. And that's why they find the Dead Sea Scrolls now called Comranian Tablets. And that's why they put everything in their power to hide those tablets from you. Because you'll get a truth about who everybody is. And they don't want that. They want you reading the books of Paul and keep you brainwashed with missing books and missing doctrine and alterations. I got to keep going. Ready? Now let's look at Acts. 1346 and see what Paul and Barnabas says about going to the Gentiles where Jesus said not to go. Go ahead. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said. Got bold with it now. And said. <laughs> it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Who told him to do that? Jesus told them, do not go. Do not go. Let me repeat Matthew 10, 5 through 6. Go not in the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles. But if you go to Acts 13, 46, Paul says, go ahead to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. He's not opposing Jesus. He's telling them to go to the Goyim. What does the Goyim mean? Goyim means a heathen nation of people. People don't follow the law. And now you want to get people following the New Testament and don't want them to follow the law. So you change certain things. Let's see what he says about one of the laws that God established with Abraham, which was circumcision. All right? Genesis chapter 17, verse 11. God makes a covenant concerning circumcision. Read it, somebody. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. God said, this is a covenant between me and you. Mm -hmm. You hear me? But well, let's look at the New Testament and see if that covenant was upheld. John chapter 7 verse 22. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision. Right? Uh -huh. Go ahead. Not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. 
and ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. Now remember, this is a mistake of information because the circumcision did not come from Moses. Mm -hmm. The circumcision came from Abraham. That's another New Testament alteration of law, mm -hmm. but the point is there. Now look at Paul's statement about the circumcision in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 22. That's interesting because that's John 7, 22 too. Think maybe they knew they was matching up, looking at one and creating a lie. Look at John chapter 7, verse 22, tells you about keeping the circumcision, because people are circumcised on the Sabbath. And then 1 Corinthians, who's written way after, you know what I'm saying, has 722 also. Think maybe they're playing games with you. Yes, they are. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Read it. Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. You see the psychology? He threw in keeping the commandments of God to trick you. Well, he's beating down the law of Jesus. I read to you earlier that Jesus was even circumcised on the eighth day. And if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, how can we ain't follow him? How are we going to listen to Paul? Let's look at another one. It speaks about circumcision on the eighth day, and that's in Luke 1.59. You see that? Mm -hmm. That's Zechariah. Now let's look what he did about the institution of the Sabbath. Exodus 20, verse 8, is when the Sabbath was instituted according to them, which says, remember the Sabbath and keep it... Holy. Holy. And then Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And God, Elohim, blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested. The Shabbat. The word Shabbat is right there in Hebrew. We see the word resting. Mm -hmm. Shabbat from all his works which God, Elohim, created and made. Now let's look right next to see what Paul says. Paul says in Romans chapter 14, verse 5. One man esteemed one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Do what you want in your own mind. You don't have to put the Sabbath above other days. Mm -hmm. He's going against the teachings of the scripture. Mm -hmm. Colossians 2.16 Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. He's telling you don't have nobody check on you to see if you're keeping the Sabbath. Don't have no one checking on you about the other holidays, Yom Kippur, and don't have anybody tell you what to eat and what to drink. Right? Yep. Now watch this. Leviticus 11.8. Of their flesh shall ye not eat. Right? Mm -hmm. And their carcass shall ye not touch. It is unclean to you. What is it talking about? Go to verse 7.11. And what do you read? And the swine, though he divide the hoof and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. The pig is unclean to you. You should not eat it. Someone changed the law and said it's okay to eat it. Mm -hmm. And what do they call the pig? Unclean. Right there, it tells them in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 7, and the swine or the pig, though he divideth the hook and is cloven footed, yet he cheweth not the good. Right? He is unclean. But what is Paul telling them here? Eat anything you feel like. Don't let no man tell you what to eat and drink. That in Colossians 2.16. Even though Leviticus chapter 11 verse 7 and 8 tells you not to. Are you with me? Okay, now let's also look at another part of the law. Deuteronomy 14.8. Read that. And the swine, because it divided the hoof, yet cheweth not the cud, it is unclean unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, nor touch their carcass. Right? It's abominable. It's unclean. You don't eat it. 
tells you this in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, do not eat pork. Do not eat pig. Jesus didn't eat pork. Jesus didn't eat pig. Paul and the Romans and them wobbled in pig and ate pork. They love that. The sauce, they call it. Read your Bible. Read the word. And you won't be so easily deceived by what tastes good. And what smells good ain't nothing but another temptation of the devil. Pleasant to the eye. Good for food and desire to make one wise. Go back to Genesis chapter 3 and see how the devil works. So that's another place where Paul goes against the law of Jesus. Don't circumcise. Don't keep the Sabbath. Don't keep the laws. You can drink as much as you want even though the 31st Bible said don't get drunk. And you can eat pig even though the Bible says repeatedly don't touch the swine flesh. If you think Paul was following Jesus, you think he was trying to, no, he was introducing Roman teachings. Somebody else's culture into Judaic teachings. And that's what you're practicing today called Christianity. Jesus never heard of the word Christianity. Hello? Wake up. If you're ready, you want the truth. You want why he ain't coming. He ain't coming because you ain't calling him. You're calling on Zeus, and you're giving Zeus and the devil more power. So what's happening in the world? Devilsmen is becoming about mm. More drugs, more craziness, more... Why? Because people in church praying for the devil because the preachers stand there and don't even know he's calling the devil because he's calling on Jesus instead of Yeshua, mm. Hamashiach, or Yahweh, Yahweh, or Elohim. He's calling on wrong names. Here's another one. Right? Let's see what it says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 13 and 14. Was Paul crucified for you? Is Christ divided? Meaning, how did it come down to be Anglicans, Baptists, Pentecostals, Seventh-day Adventists, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Anglicans, Roman Catholic, Greek Catholic, Orthodox Catholic, Episcopalians? Jesus is not divided. There was one of him. But now you got all these different denominations created by the devil. Divide and conquer us. Now then it says, and you said earlier, sister, and it says, was Paul crucified for you? Was it Paul who went to the cross for you, or was it Christ? So how the churches are preaching about what Paul said, and living by what Paul did, what Paul said, and not what Christ did, and said, let's go to the next part of it. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? So God said don't eat pork. God said don't get drunk. God said keep the Sabbath. God said keep your bed. God said put a cap on. God said keep Rosh Hashanah. God said keep your own kibbutz. God said get circumcised. God said these things. Paul said don't do it. And who are you following? Are you following God or are you following Paul? Read your Bible and you follow the word. You see the word of God that tells you what to do. And then read your New Testament and you find the word of Paul. Books added in and it tells you what to do. And you don't realize that that man standing in front of you is leading you down the Roman road away from the road of God, away from the hand of Christ that takes you to the Father. Amen. Hello. Talk to me. What else does it say? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. This is Paul. He thanks God that he baptized nobody. It's called a mikvah in Hebrew, mm -hmm. baptism. Now look at Mark 1.8. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. This is John the Baptist. He's saying that the baptism is the law. Even Jesus was baptized. Paul said, thank God I baptized nobody. You think he's for Jesus? You better read again. Let's see what Paul says in Ephesians 3. One. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. He, Paul says, I am the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Yeah. Ain't he messing with something? 
He's a prisoner of Jesus Christ for Gentiles. Didn't Jesus say don't go near Gentiles? Let's go down a little further. Let's see what Titus says, 1-1. One, one. Paul. A servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He is not an apostle. He's a self-proclaimed apostle. Go ahead. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. He made himself out to be a disciple. When he wasn't. And you ask me, is he a disciple or receiver? Huh. Mm -hmm. Let's read what Paul says about himself. Ready? Mm -hmm. This is Romans chapter 7. This is real close. You got to listen to verses 14 to 25 in part. And then it's going to be Romans chapter 3, verse 7, where he calls himself a liar. All right? Let's start with 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am cardinal. Mm -hmm. Right? The word he got in there is sarkikos. Mm -hmm. Soul. Pipresco. Under sin. Hamatia. Mm -hmm. What did Paul say about himself? Really? But we know that the Lord is spiritual, but I am carnal. Mm -hmm. Soul under sin. He said, I'm strictly mm -hmm. physical. My whole thing is based on sin. Mm -hmm. What else did he say? 17. Now then, it is no more... I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So now, because of that statement, it's not me that's doing all the evil. Mm -hmm. It's the sin inside of him, Paul says, mm -hmm. that does this evil against Jesus, against mm -hmm. the Lord, and got your all following. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, what do you say? For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Paul mm -hmm. said in his flesh. He, he knows he's a Roman. He knows he doesn't have the Spirit of God moving through him. He doesn't have the covenant. He said, in my flesh. Mm -hmm. What? Dwelleth no good thing. No good thing. This is what you're following. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Read it say. For to will is present with me. But to will is present with him. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. He don't know how to do good things. It's there. His mother sees it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he don't have a soul. He don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. For the good that I would, I do not. The good that I could do or I would be able to do, I don't do. These are people walking around with me and you every day this racist and haters and lynch people and call them all kind of names, sheriffs pulling people over, like putting them county out there and doing evil to people for nothing. They don't even know why they're so evil, why they're so bitter. They don't know why they hate black people. They just look at you and they make faces and they frown and you just reach out your heart and your hand and say, if I ever did anything to you, they dragged a man down the street on the back of a car. We down here in the South, we know. I got family seeds from Griffin, Georgia. You understand? You can listen to these fools. They can tell you anything about me. They want you. I got family from here in Griffin, Georgia. Your family, go look it up. And I, some of my ancestors were lynched by people who the devil ruled them. It was ruled by a man called uh, General Albert Pike, who helped find a close society called the Inner Circle of Fire. This lady became the KKK. And now you got all kind of hate breeding from that. Hitler was just the beginning of that evil. Now they're walking around the day, smiling in the face, old people with canes, and the things they did just a hundred, not even that, just 25 to 50 to 60 years ago to people, out of sheer evil inside them like Paul. They don't even know why they do it now. They're racist that don't even know why. Hate people don't even know why they hate black people, or why they hate Mexicans, or why they hate Latinos, or why they hate other races. You don't even know. It's just an embodiment of evil for no apparent reason. Read it again. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. The good I should be doing, I don't. Mm -hmm. Call himself Freemason and Shriners and see a black Freemason and Shriner and won't acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. Call 
themselves ministers and pastors that won't let black people pay in their church. I often said, if Jesus descended now and came into the KKK church, what would they do? How would they handle it when they read the Bible and see what he is? You know what I'm saying? They walk around, call themselves preachers, they get on television and preach the gospel and outright racist. No one wins the race in racism. This is Paul talking. He's telling you what he is. Tell me he's the devil. Go ahead. 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Even if he does good, evil is present with him. So sometimes you see them stand up and they pretend they're helping black people. Help pretend they're doing something for black folk. Mm-hmm. But evil still rules their heart. Go ahead. But I see another law in my members, warring <laughs> against the law of my mind. He see the law in his genes, in his members, his genealogy, mm-hmm. warring against his mind. The mind is the mother and the father of the genes. Mm-hmm. You follow right in the Bible. Go ahead. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which Make, is in my members. And making him a slave of the law of sin in his very genes as a Roman. Could have been a law of sin as an Israelite from his mother's side, because that family has a covenant of the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. Paul is admitting to you who he is. Go ahead. So I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He says, he thanks Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's what they do, and says with his mind he serves God, but what he does with his body is nothing but sin. Mm-hmm. So that means he can justify eating pork. He can justify getting drunk. He can justify not keeping the Sabbath. He can justify not being circumcised. He can justify and justify and justify not following the physical law of God. <laughs> you see that? Mm-hmm. What do you say now? And we go down to Matthews, right? Mm-hmm. 7, 21, 22. What do you say? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils? And what would Jesus say to these people who are going around preaching the gospel and setting up all these evangelists, and they're racists and haters, and they go to church every Sunday, and they go out and they say, I'm going to stalk black people because I have the authority to because I'm a sheriff. While they're in church, pretending they're praying the Lord Jesus Christ. They never saw what Jesus Christ looked like. That's one of the people they've been prosecuting, like Paul said. Mm. What is Jesus going to say to them? I never knew you. Get away from me, you what? You workers of iniquity. Last thing, Paul, in Romans chapter 3, verse 7, tells you he's a liar. Now you do what you want with all the books of Paul and all the teachings of Paul. But Paul himself admits to being a liar. For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie and to his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? He just said, if the congregation grows... While I'm lying, the congregation grows, the truth is getting bigger, while I'm a liar, why are y'all calling me a sinner? He don't even see the necessity of teaching the truth mm-hmm. about the scripture. He's thinking, hey, Lord, we got a large congregation. I've seen some television evangelists with these big congregations and telling lie after lie after lies. Right. Teaching Paul's teaching. Mm-hmm. And I remind you. Go back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 22, and you'll see right there Jesus is going to tell those people, I don't care who you out there healing, whose name, they laying on their hands and touching people, saying it's that's from Christ, from the devil, from the sin inside their genes and their loins, from that cursed seed that's been down in them. And Jesus is going to tell them, I what? I never knew you get what? Away from me, you workers of iniquity. iniquity. Amen. Amen. Paul 
disciple or deceiver? Paul, deceiver. 